0: we got a special guest today, uh, Mr. Martin Leroux, who is president and CEO of Payfacto. Uh, it's a leading payments uh, company and uh, he's going to be explaining to us a bit about his past, uh, where he's come from, uh, how he got to where he is today, and also some advice uh, for entrepreneurs. Uh, so I think it's going to be an excellent show today. Um, we're gonna get him uh, to come on to the the live, and we're gonna do a nice little face to face interview with us, like every every Sunday. Hey, thanks, Marty, for taking uh, nice the time because, uh, like you said, Sundays is family day, right?
1: Well, listen, uh, yes, you'll see. As you get kids, it's becoming even more family day. But right now, you for you guys, you guys are all family. You're all brothers. So look at you're, this. You're spending your. if you press his
2: daughter over there?
0: That's amazing. Connection. There we go. <laughs> All right, Marty. Let's get this road on the show, as they say. So um, so the guys, Anthony and Phil, uh, know you well from, from working uh, in the past quite closely together. Uh, myself and Berto, uh, a bit less, and our, and our uh, viewers as well. And we're super excited to get right into it and uh, know really uh, who is Marty. And um, let's start. I mean, if you can just tell us about the business, about your business and how you got to where you are. I know it's a huge question, but I'm curious to, to hear, uh, hear your thoughts about that.
1: Well, who I am. I mean, uh, you know, you, ha- you, you must have a lot of time, I hope, but uh, I'll try to keep it short. <laughs> uh you know how do you get to where you are and who i am and listen uh i grew up in laval um both of my parents do not speak english and uh all admired for them and it's for for me and my brother to uh learn english at some point in their life and go to school because you didn't have a chance to go to school and uh i guess for me uh you know going to school and uh and and, and uh and going and to learn english you know, and when you go into business, you make connections, uh, you make relationships. And uh, for me, I got lucky around, uh, made some very good friends uh, early on through uh, playing sports and going to school. And, uh, you know, in, in, you know in, in Montreal in the early 2000s, uh, there was a company called Surefire Commerce, who was um, a company in payments, it was going head-to-head with PayPal. So I had a chance to join a company earlier, early on. So I guess I was working with the early adapter of uh, e-commerce transactions to accept payments. So what do I do and where I became an entrepreneur is into payments. I mean, I started as an employee for four years and, you know, you you, you have a decision to make at some point. And for me, uh, always exclusive with uh, my employer, I managed to find a way to go on my own and And uh, going to payments you know visa and and MasterCard transactions and you know for 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 people on the uh, I guess on the Instagram you guys know what I do just you know we I've been helping for the last 20 years uh, merchants and and people to accept Visa, and MasterCard and around the world and uh, you know everybody have an idea on in in what they want to do in life and and, then in in the payments industry or or everybody has an idea of what they're going to sell online but no one really you know, everybody thinks payments is easy, uh, but payments is uh, it's more than just, uh, hey, can I accept use a MasterCard? There's, there's risk factor, there's integrations. You know, there's a lot that comes into payments. And I was lucky to work for a period of time and, and really, in, um, you know, in e-commerce in 2000 was, uh, was the wild, wild west. And today in 2019, uh, you know, when I started, there's no Square and there's no Stripe and there was, you know, there was just PayPal and us and, and a few other guys and uh, the industry uh became uh one of probably the hottest industry i would say in the last 19 years i mean uh you know if you look at uh, the evolution of payments and you look at uh, companies like visa and mastercard and you, they all went public um and you look at all the sponsor bank that works with them uh, they all uh who has a payments division you know first data sold uh to to Finserv for 44 billion dollars so the payments industry uh, is that big, but it's becoming slowly this small. And I'm lucky enough, uh, you know, to uh, to come back to your question, to learn English. Because without learning English and, and going to school, I don't think I could be in, in the sea I am today. And it starts with uh, a little bit like we talked when we started this conversation. And our family uh, was lucky enough to have great parents. And who didn't think about himself, but thought about what was best for me and my brother. And although we didn't have much money, uh, it was very important for them uh, they would go to school and learn English. That was that was that's all they cared about. So that that I hope helps you guys understand a little bit about my back, background and w- which industry I am, who I am today. But uh, I don't know if you have any other
0: question on that subject. You mentioned that uh, you were four years, so you worked four years before becoming an owner. What were you doing at the beginning in in the industry? Oh my God. When I joined Surefire, I mean, for those who
1: remember the 2,000 years and, you know, the Nortel Telecom and the BC Emerges, you know, it was the techno days where you buy any stock. And if you have the word technology, the stock's going up. So I joined Surefire at, at a time where we were uh, listed in the Toronto Stock Exchange. In my first four years, I was – we had big ambition. We were almost too early. Uh, we were too innovative. We wanted to – we had a – a deal with CIBC to create a mall in 2000, enable all the CIBC merchants who needs Visa MasterCard to go online. We're trying to get all of them to go online. The problem is no one was ready in 2000 to go online and it became kind of a phenomenon in 2007, 2008. So my job was to work with those partners and really trying to convince them that the future is to go online. And at the time, you know, everybody was just focusing on their face-to-face stores. And then if you look today, I mean, You know, if you look at a Frank and Oak or any other type of retail business, no one starts face-to-face anymore. Everybody starts online, and if they have success, they start retail stores face-to-face. So we were a little too innovator at the time, and my goal was to just find new niches. We had this platform, and I had to find new clients to try and build partnerships. Uh, Sometimes it worked. Sometimes it didn't work. Those partnerships, I've learned a great deal. Didn't happen to be a massive success, but along the way, I met a lot of, young you know it's all about traffic when you sell online you know people have ideas and you know they look at Canadian Tire or LeBay you know and Sears you know then some people never find a way to do uh, the viage you know to go from face to face to e-commerce so I had a chance early on and I think that's part of my success in the business to meet a lot of young entrepreneurs and who were amazing of bringing traffic online and those are the guys who really managed to have great success uh you know early on in e-commerce so as i start working on and then and, and i study these opportunities, uh you know the surefire became optimal payments with the with with years and we were on nasdaq uh, at the time so i started to private label their business and wanted ideas outside their typical core business and they pretty much told me and it's probably the best thing happened to me and they told me if you want to you know, go on commission and do things. You're gonna to have to go on your own because they didn't want anyone to be on commission because, you know, they had a lot of uh, strong salespeople being uh, doing very well. I want to give them to see commission structure. So, so my first four years was a try and error type of approach under employment, and at one point, took took a leap of faith and I went on my own. Uh, first time was in 2005. They're they're acquiring they acquired me around 2007. And then I went back on my own and then I sold again in 2011 and I always to the same group. And I went back on my own uh, in 2014, uh, uh, the summer of 2014. So now um, it's 2019 and we have 55 employees and, you know, I'm the CEO, I'm president of Payfacto and, and we're hoping for big things. And the industry is a lot more uh, straightforward, a lot more innovator with uh, new tools um you know early days were not clear i mean there is no rules even visa mastercard and the banks didn't know how to really deal with the you know with the e-commerce how to you know how risky is the e-commerce you know people were scared to buy online and now today people are like they want to buy everything online so everything is changing but payments just keep evolving and it makes it fun and that's that's i'm lucky enough and again you talk about how i get into the business you know it's a friend of mine, uh, Doug Lewin, who, you know, I can only say massive thank you for the rest of my life. Not only helped me, it was my first English friend when I learned English, he helped me to go to a great school because my dad can really, f- I can fill up, you know, missing package and the financial aid, and and Doug Lewin and his father helped me out, and, and he was my roommate after college, and he took a leap of faith to go into e-commerce uh, in 1998, I think, and around 2000 they were looking for talent and more people and they asked me to join and thank god i did so uh everything happens
0: you know, excuse me yeah i said everything happens for a reason and i'm curious marty because you said you so you ventured out right you took the leap of faith and then you got acquired and then you ventured out again and then got acquired why after getting acquired did you decide to go off on your own again why not just stay where you were this last Time around, um, you know,
1: the first time was just negotiate a better deal. Uh, I think I, I think they didn't expect me to have success, so they bought me and they had the rights to buy me, and I just negotiated a better deal. And um, you know, the last time I sold, we sold to a public company in in in, uh, in London, and uh, I was sitting in a pretty seat, and uh, I could have stayed there for a long time. But I think you know, after three and a half years, what I realize is. I was always on the road, I had a young family, and uh, my wife has a, you know, she works for Cirque du Soleil, and she she travels a lot as well, and, you know, in uh, family's important to me, and we're both on planes a little too often, and and I've learned a great deal by being going public, you know, being, you know, I, I sat and had a chance to go to board meetings, and when you're public, everything's is public, so you have to make sure you hit the targets, you have to make sure you, you know, you do press release, and You have to always have an evolution, which, you know, I learned a great deal. But what I was missing at the end is is not being home enough. And uh, nothing against my partners, but I had amazing partners at Optimal Payments. But, you know, maybe you know I I like to be a little bit more hands-on and and work with a team. And you know, we became so big that everybody was on the plane all the time. I felt I was missing that team commitment and uh, touching things a little bit more. And I was kind of waiting on other people to do my job and I had to delegate, I had to be a good leader, which I think I was. But, uh, you know, I used to be touching the big partnership. I used to be more involved on deals and meeting people like you guys, right? If I didn't go back on my own, I would have never been uh Younger guys who are very eager to learn the business and, and, and to do things in the space. And for me, it, uh, I'm glad I did. Now, uh, you know, I tell you, already five years. I can't believe it. But, you know, de facto, we're 55, 60 employees. We're going to the U.S. I wouldn't be surprised if we hit 100 employees by next year. So, you know, I'm. Uh, I just did not see myself sitting there just taking my paycheck for 25 years. And I want to work. I'm still motivated and decided to go back on my own. And I never regretted it. It's, uh, you know, although Optimal Payments, it became pay save and less It's a great success story. And then uh, my partner, uh, the current CEO, Joel Leonov, I mean. He's done a great job as a CEO. I mean, they sold that business PaySafe uh, to Black uh, to, to private equity for 2.9 billion. That's just to tell you how crazy when you do acquisition and you have a, a vision and payments all big, you can build a business. So I'm part. I'm happy to be part of that. You know, the little story within a big story. And this time along, uh, back on my own, creating my own story with facto and it's been great and I'm very happy with all of that.
2: Thanks, Marty. Awesome. So yeah, Marty, and also, like, um, myself, I play hockey, and most people probably don't notice about you, but you were a captain at Yale University for the hockey team. You have a bunch of accolades and accomplishments that you left there, but what did you take out most from, from you know, just being in that team sport and, and uh, in an intense sport like hockey where you got to always count on your line mates and your teammates and everyone to support you, especially when when, tie, when it's a tough game. So what's the biggest things you took out of that uh, to help you in business?
1: Well, listen, uh, listen, hockey for me, or any sports probably for other individuals, but for me hockey was just, uh, it's been amazing for me. Uh, not only uh, helped me go to an amazing school, I mean, I was a good student, but uh, being a good student and being French-Canadian doesn't get you to Yale University, and uh, the fact that I had hockey, and I got so stated with by Yale and Dartmouth, and and a full scholarship at Maine and Vermont, and at UMass Lowell so hockey gave me a chance to uh you know to either get a free education or, or go to an Ivy League school and uh uh it's amazing and still my friends still today a lot of my very close friends are from my hockey days and you know uh it was amazing obviously for me to go uh you know I decided to skip the uh the full scholarship when I when I realized that I had an opportunity to get accepted to uh you know to Yale University which is you know, uh, at the time was a bit uh, ignorant and my parents were completely ignorant what was well Yale University coming from uh, Laval and not speaking English. But when I realized that uh, I had good enough uh, academics and, and, and plus the hockey I can get in, uh, it became clear that I had to convince my father to spend, uh, you know, to take some loans and, and, spend, and spend the money. And I think for me, uh, Yale is more than just hockey. Um, you know, first of all, as a kid, when you have a chance to leave your you know, I was this poor kid with my mom. You know, a stay-at-home mom. And when you get out of your house, if you go to any school, it's something that that's uh, one day because you you have to do things on your own. And but you know, going with the elite uh, student at Yale and having a chance to play Division One hockey, which I did proudly, uh, you know, you know, made me realize that even with the elite, I can still compete. Uh, you know that's cool, with the best of the best, I would still managed to, you know, get a, a B-plus average, you know, and you always measure against the best students, and, you know, gives you a lot of confidence, I mean, I was scared shit when I went there, uh, you know, am I going to make the hockey team, is my English good enough, can I compete with the school, am I going to be bull? am I going to fail, and, you know, it's been, uh, it's been amazing, not only I played, uh, you know, I was rookie of the year from hockey, and made amazing good friends my freshman year, and, you know, and I was the captain of my senior year, which probably, you know, helped me being a good leader and what I do today. Because obviously, when you when you're an entrepreneur and you, you start hiring staff, you know, it doesn't come. Uh, it comes with responsibilities, and you need to lead. and And I think that all those, you know, my my college years brought me a lot. So um, I can only say, you know, it was one phase of my life, and my life is far from being over, and I have a lot of things I want to accomplish. Uh, it's funny we talk about this. I went back last Thursday. It's 25 years I graduated, and I went back to college for the first time. And, you know, and to see your friends and see the campus and see your captain's picture. You know, which I'll send you after. It's a cool picture. Seeing the fence and you see the history of Yale University. Sometimes uh, you know, you have to pinch yourself and say, "Wow, I, I spent four years of my life there." So, so it was. It was to answer your question. Uh, those four years, I think, they made me who I am, and and it was just an amazing experience for me.
0: What do, you, what do you think, Marty? Because, I mean, obviously, like, just listening to you speak, you're like a boy from Laval, um, French-speaking. Yeah, the chances of you going to Yale, playing hockey, being the captain, you know, we're like, we're very minimal, right? And on top of no, that, I never, you, you...
1: Listen, I did a leap of faith. I was drafted to play
0: junior hockey,
1: and although I could have played junior hockey... Uh, Listen, yes, my dad cut me from junior so I can go to English school, because if you're playing junior, you cannot get a full scholarship in the States. Um, so so my dad cut me to say, you're going to go to John Abbott, and you're going to go learn English, and you bribe me by, by buying me a little Firefly car so I can drive from Motel Laval to John Abbott. And I was thinking, you know, you know, your first few semester in CJP, and I was commuting, you know, every day for an hour, back and forth, Laval to John Abbott, and... Uh, you know and and no i mean listen i i, I knew i was going to play good hockey there and you know i was going to get good grades and my goal was to try and give myself a chance to go to the states but if not you know i can go to mcgill i can go to concordia there's good school here my brother went to concordia and he did very well and and uh you know i was listed to get drafted pro uh from cjep and uh one you know all the school knew in the states i want to go play hockey in the states and you know, sometimes you don't know and things come quick, you know, so in every million years I thought I was going to, I knew I had a chance to go play hockey in the States, but never I thought I would go to an Ivy League and and be able to compete at the level I did. And, you know, you need a little bit of luck sometimes, you need a little bit of chance. I took it and I cherish it and I ended up doing great at both. And and then obviously by being able to uh, to, to interact with the elite, you know, it makes you a little bit I guess more ready for the future and uh, not it was clear what I wanted to do at 25 but I knew I knew that I had the the potential and and the ambitions to
0: do it.
2: Uh,
0: On that point Marty I like a question. uh, I think a lot of of, uh, of what makes you who you are is I think your leadership qualities and I mean it shows that by being captain of the team by being you know president of de facto and your past. What do you think Makes a good leader in your eyes?
1: Um, uh, you know, you know, there's different types of leaders. Um, even when I played sport, I mean, I care more about, uh, you know, the work ethic. I care more about the focus, stay focused. And uh, we, I didn't, you know, some leaders, and you need to speak all the time. Some other, are more silent leaders. I think I was a bit of both in my case. I think where, you know, when you become, uh, where you need to be a good leader is you need to know when to step up and uh, represent the team. Uh, At work, it could be in your house, it could be at school, and there's time you need to work harder, you need to be a good leader and let the team know, and there's time where like, things are great, and you have to let the team know that it's amazing, and I think I've been, you know, I think that's who I am, I'm generally, uh, you know, I don't like to give myself compliments, I think I'm a pretty humble guy, but uh, I think I'm, generally I'm a nice person i love people so for me i was i like to lead by being nice to people and and give them opportunities i like people to take them and uh you know that's 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 how i think i've been leading um sometimes i guess i should be a little tougher but uh, overall i think being uh, like a good leader and being nice and supporting people paid off more than the opposite for me people i think tend to follow me and they want to make me you know i don't they want to make me happy or they just want to succeed with me, but I think I've done well somehow to get people to get, uh, uh, I'm an extremely loyal person too, and all of me has been extremely loyal, I've been working, even though I saw my business a few times, I've been having the same people uh, working with me, and staying, you know, it goes both ways, not because I'm, I guess I'm the big boss and I like it or not, that uh, I think loyalty goes both ways, and, you know, and I think that's
0: why, uh, that's, that's what it allowed me to do. Can I can I ask you a bit of a tougher question? Sorry for, for all the questions. We got we got some other ones, but it, it's just how do you deal with because you're a very loyal person and you're a very like uh, you're a nice guy, right? Then obviously in business it's not always like that. How do you deal with people who are not like you?
1: Well, I like everyone, so I accept everybody like they are. Uh, I don't think it's a hard question. I think what I need to do is I need to surround myself with people that are a little tougher than I am, I'm the worst to give interviews because I fall in love with the people and want to give anything they want to come join us because I like people. So, uh, I need people different than me because if we're all like me, when, when work, at uh, I pay facto. So I don't do any more interviews. I just validate now. Um, have, and there's people a better judgment of character because I meet someone, I think they will you know, they all mean well and, and they will do well and I need to protect myself from that. So, so no, I have no issues with uh, meeting people who are completely different and means the opposite. Uh, I think that's what you need to build like, a strong team. Uh, nice. But there's one there's one fundamental uh, qu- uh, quality that most people I work with, no matter how different we are, I would say that most people have a very big heart. The people I work with, I and, and and listen, we had a chance to do a lot of work together and look at you guys. And you guys are just amazing. I mean, your biggest quality is your not only your ambition and and. and and doing interviews on a Sunday, but it's your your heart. You guys are passionate how much love you have for each other and people around you and that's uh and that's you know, you can teach that.
2: Thank you, Marty. Thanks. Appreciate that. Um so like one of the last questions we have for you is if you have someone today, you know, is is thinking about starting a business or taking a leap of faith like you've done multiple times, what's one piece of advice you would give them?
1: Well, listen, listen, I mean, a piece of advice, if you have to go on your own, uh, you cannot go on your own unless you're willing to take risk. Um, And, uh, you know, and you need to have a, uh, you have to know exactly what's the, you need to have a goal that is realistic and you need to take that risk. I mean, sometimes risk is, you know, could be uh, financial risk, uh, it could be risking your job, uh, but you have to stay focused as well so once you take that risk and you go on your own you know you're going to be you know looking and you're going to see potentially a lot of opportunities and i think you guys are going to see that in the uh, months to come and years to come and you cannot do it all and you need to stay focused on your on your goals and you need to be able to adjust um you know that would be my you know first advice is you know are you ready for that risk Cause you, you know there's You know the fall back when you let go and you go on your own is you are taking a risk you got to be make sure you're aware of that risk and you know i mean for some people risk means more stress some people risk means more fun uh more time more work so everybody's different but you got to evaluate what's that risk is for that one person for me it was just common sense the risk was like okay i mean i'm you know i was working with a company had amazing growth and the risk I was taking is making a little less money, but I knew the rewards were there. And I knew I had four years. It's not like I just started business, not knowing what I wanted to do. I had four or five years of, of, you know, success within the company. And I believe in myself and that I could do it again. And and thank God I did. So, so that would be my first advice. Obviously you need a lot of strong qualities, but as an advice, you gotta evaluate that risk and and make sure you don't be shy to evaluate your, your goals and your focus. are uh, realistic is those goals really, you know within the risk you're taking
2: yeah. and, and uh, like during this time maybe for your personal or like do you have any, any role model or someone maybe just like a mentor you reach out to that maybe doesn't even have anything that doesn't know anything about the payments industry but that's when you're you're, you're, t- you're faced with a tough decision or tough decisions uh, you reach out to just for, for I guess comfort or uh, guidance
1: well, listen. Uh, I have a lot of amazing friends. Uh, a lot of people I trust. But for role model, since I'm a kid, my my number one role model has been my brother. I uh, have one brother. who's four years older. I mean, you know, I I, I it probably. Uh, I loved him too much uh, as a kid. Probably he had to carry me everywhere, and he had, he was stuck with me, which was good for me because he was four years older and you know, when I was playing hockey outside or doing anything with him, and I started playing hockey with kids of my age, I was always the best because I had a chance to play with older guys, but no, my brother, uh, anything if I had, uh, you know, if I had to turn around or myself or business or, you know, something critical in my life, I mean, I have great friends around me, uh, you know, that I go fishing with that I could turn to, And but my brother will always be my brother, and He's uh, I'm lucky to have uh, such a great brother. Have a, to answer your question, I tend to go too long on questions sometimes. My wife will be upset at me. My brother is my role model.
0: Wow! Nice. Very, very Sorry, nice. touching. <laughs> I mean, it's all—it's obvious that family is very important. <laughs> um, I guess maybe one last—you have a question for for one last—you uh, you have time for one last question, Marty. Guys, nice. I didn't know how long it was going to last.
1: Like you got you gotta all my time. Everybody's gone. I'm alone at the house.
0: Nice. Um, when it comes to uh, motivation, I don't know if maybe you're, you're different, but sometimes, I mean, you have bad days, uh, you have days that, let's say, you just aren't feeling it, like how do you get out of that groove, and how do you, you know, change your mindset and, and stay focused?
1: It's a very good question. Like for me, I kind of uh, that day, so I kind of uh, been working at it for a while. So I'm a lot better than I used to. And for me, uh, it's rare. I mean, a happy guy, I love life. But whenever I feel like I'm not motivated, I I try to work out in the morning. That's my one thing. That uh, everything's good after work out. Uh, so I, you know, I even have a—I shouldn't say a trainer; it's a coach. Because if you say trainer, they get upset. So I have a coach that comes three times a week. And even if I don't feel like it, I force myself, and he knocks on, rings the bell at eight o'clock. You know, I just go work out because I know my day, no matter what happened, is better after that. So, you know, I don't have those bad days and as much as uh you know those days where you like you know I'm, i've been smart enough to learn from those so i don't have those as much so i'm knock on wood i'm pretty lucky that way i get up most mornings or when i get to work and I'm, I'm happy to be there and i'm lucky you know i'm uh, i got a team and every day i got to be motivated i have tons of people coming to the office motivated and who am i to come not motivated right so i gotta again lead a little bit we talked about leadership before um, I'm, you know, I love life, and I have a very strong social life. And people that work with me, they know when I'm at work, I'm at work. When I'm not at work, I'm not at work. But uh, you know, but uh, you know, I want to make sure when I'm at work, i uh, are having a good day. And you know, and I don't know. I mean, for me to answer your question is, if I have a bad day, I just need to work out and have a good day right after. It's pretty simple. I don't know. I hope if everyone, anyone listens, and you can learn from that, try it. It works for me.
2: Yeah, or maybe even, like, let's say, for example, you're having a bad day and you feel like your back's up against the wall. You just start asking yourself, like, why, why am I putting myself through building a company uh, with 50-plus employees and sacrificing so much family time? So what's, what's the reason why you're, you're doing it that keeps you going at it?
1: Well, listen, if I didn't believe in, 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 in the company or myself, I, I wouldn't be doing it. I don't need to do it. I do it because I know we can be relevant, and and I know we know. I mean, we you know I know exactly. I mean, if anything, been at payments for 19 years, and I know more than ever what it takes to be successful in payments. Um, you know, this time around, uh, you know, I have access to funds. You know, it's not like I'm just starting something with no money. So now I not only have more experience, you know, I get access to funds. I knew how, who to partner with. You know, I know how to stay focused. So. You know, yeah, you have bad days and you have bad news, but I, in general, like try not to get too excited when things are great, and but at the same time, when things are not so great, you know, I'm, I don't know, I'm pretty good to balance the bad days and just, you know, you know, listen, you, you know, it's, you spend uh, 10% of your day leaving the experience, but you have to read, 90% of it, you're reacting to it. So, you know, when you, you, you know, I try to focus on 90%, so I try not to stay down too long when, you know, there's bad news or a merchant did something we didn't know or we let down by, you know, an employee or something. I mean, again, I'm lucky enough not to have too many of those days, but when they happen, I turn around and, and I try to make the most of it and stay focused, and if it's a really bad day, I'm, I may leave work and just go for a workout, you know, and just my mind. you know, and I try to, you know, it's simple. I think I'm a very logical guy, and... I don't like those bad days. So I try to avoid them.
2: <laughs> awesome. awesome. I know it's Sunday and it's uh, definitely a, a sacred day for, for spending time with family. So we're going to let you get back to that. The baby <laughs> is starting to wake up as well. So uh, we're going to so, get. No problem.
1: fine. Guys, I see uh, your Rocket Richard in the back. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I want to offer it to four of you, you know, and Denise here. And I want to offer you my own uh, Rocket Richard that I, uh, I don't know if I can show this. I'm not as good as you are. No, I have a rocket.
0: No way.
1: And that was my uh, first um, painting that I had. Well, not painting, but uh, frame that I had in my office when I came back uh, after I got acquired a second time to Optimal. And it brought me a lot of good luck. And uh, I would like to offer it to all four of you guys because uh, I know, you You know, first of all, none of my two girls wants to put them in their wall. And uh, I have no more room in my office, so I want to make sure it's in good news. And I know uh, you guys are big Rocket Richard fan, and if you brought me good luck, I know uh, you guys don't need luck, but why not put your uh, everything on the right side
0: to... Uh, wow, to create, Marty. Uh, Thank uh, you, hey, Thank you. Amazing. Yeah, Oh, my gosh. It means a lot. Uh, anyway, it really does, Better Marty. be on your
2: wall. At least put it on your wall when I go see
1: you.
0: Yeah, it will, Marty. Sure, sure. It will. <laughs> Marty, this one over here... I bought it with my very first commission check I made coming out of school. And I've had it ever since, and I brought it too. It's going to go right over there. there We're taking that down, and we're going to have a
1: Rocket Richard Richard wall.
0: Don't
1: ever sell it. Don't ever sell it. This is worth, uh, it's priceless. And now you can put, uh, and by the way, if you look at the Rocket's uh, eyes and the way he's uh, focused, it reminds me of four of you. You know, you guys are so determined, and the Rocket, I mean, you know, he's the only guy that, that you can look at a picture and you're almost scared because he's so determined. He's, he's, he wasn't stopping until the puck was in the goal.
2: For and those I, of you yeah. watching, biggest mentor, smartest, great guy right here. Super, so. super humble. You'll never find any more humble than uh, Marty LaRue.